Y'all doing okay? Oh, yeah. Y'all want a short and sweet, or you want a long? Give it to us. Shuck the corn. <laughs> what corn do you want me to shuck? I don't care. Just do it. John 11. We've been going through the book of John on Sunday mornings, and uh, last week we talked about Lazarus, how God, how Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Now here is the ending of this story, the choices that are made. What are the consequences that happen because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead? There are two different choices that are made in this, in this text that we'll talk about this morning. And I want to take just a few moments this morning of your time and, and talk to you about those two choices. And as you live your life, as you live this Christian life, you will make choices. Your life, your life is made up of choices. Just by you being here this morning, you made a conscious choice to get yourself up and get dressed this morning and make your way to the church. Amen. Many of you could have stayed home and had reason to. Many of you could have just skipped and laid out. Right? And cook some, something on the barbecue rather than coming to church. Right? But you made a choice to be here this morning. Why? Many of you, maybe you was making a choice because someone told you to come. Maybe you made a choice because your husband made you come. I'm just maybe you made a choice because your spouse told you to come. I don't know. But ultimately, you made the choice. And this text gives us two different, complete different choices. I'm not going to have you stand for a second. We're going to read 12 verses this, this morning. But if you have your Bible, John 11, let's read together verse number 45. Jesus says, just verse 44, loose him and let him go. He just loose Lazarus and let him go. Verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did. What did they just see? They just saw Lazarus raised from the dead. Believed on him. That's a good choice, would you say? Yeah. That's one. Second choice, verse 46 through verse 57. We'll discuss that second choice. Verse 46, the Bible says, But some of them went their ways to the Pharisees, and told them what things Jesus had done. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a council and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles. What are we going to do with this guy? He's doing miracles. What, what, what have we got to do with this guy? Man, what's wrong with these people? What's wrong with these people? They're upset that Jesus is doing miracles. I don't understand that. Verse number 48. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him, and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and our nation. And one of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest that same year, said unto them, Ye know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die for the people, and that the whole nation should uh, the whole nation perish not. And this spake he not of himself, but being, being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation. And not for that nation only, but, all, but that also he, he should gather together in one 
the children of God that were scattered abroad. Then from that day forward they took counsel together for to put him to death. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence into a country near unto the wilderness, near to the wilderness, into a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out of the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus, and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple, what think ye, that he would he will not come to the feast. Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had, a, had given a commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that they might take him. You have two different choices in this text. And one of them, I would say, is the better choice of the, of the two. But ultimately, you and I have both faced these same circumstances, we've seen God do miracles. We've seen God work in people's hearts. Hey, one of the, the greatest miracles that that God ever did in my life was to save me. Amen. And I have a choice how I will receive those choices, those, those blessings, those miracles. Two choices this morning. Your choice, what will you choose? We'll talk about that. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this morning. Lord, you knew who would be here this morning. You knew what would take place. I pray that you'd go before me. Cover me. Fill me with yeah. your words. Yeah. Please, Lord, allow me to say the things in which I need to say. Take away the things I don't. that takes place in this text. From verse number 46 all the way down to verse number 57, they reject Jesus Christ. They reject the miracle. I, I, I don't know about you, but I can't imagine what went through their minds as they stood at the gate, I mean, at the tomb of Lazarus. I mean, put yourself in, in those Pharisees' positions real quick. Put yourself in those Jews' positions real quick. And place yourself outside of Lazarus' tomb. Put yourself there. Alright, so you're standing there. You're watching Jesus talk back and forth. He tells them to roll back the stone. Why do you want us to roll back the stone? He stinks already. Jesus said, I told you, roll it back. They roll back the stone. And be a spectator. I'm sitting here in the bank and I'm watching all this take place. Can I see what's taking place at the tomb? Absolutely. Whether I'm sitting in the back or whether I'm sitting in the front, I can still see what's taking place. And here it is. They, they've seen it take place. And Jesus stands at the outside of the tomb and says, and the Bible says that he did raise his voice. He said, hey, with a loud voice, Lazarus! I don't know how loud it was. I don't know whether he hollered or anybody raised his voice. He said, Lazarus. So those in the back could hear and those that were far away could would see, and he said, Lazarus, come forth, and all of a sudden, out of the tomb walks this man covered in 
clothes with his napkin about his head, and they see Lazarus come out of that grave. Now, I don't know about you what kind of excitement one might flow through your veins after seeing Jesus take a dead man and make him walk. I don't know about you, but I know my reaction sure would not have been a rejection of what just took place. Jesus told that dead man to walk. He come up out of that grave. Jesus had loosed him and let him go. In chapter number 12, they're sitting at Lazarus' table. I mean, I'm telling you, Lazarus is alive. He's no longer dead. And you're a spectator at this thing. And what's your reaction? Uh, now, I'm going to reject Jesus. From that day forward, they sought to kill Jesus. Yeah. They rejected him. They rejected him as being king. They rejected him as being the savior of the world. Why in the world would you want not, not want to get close to the man who raised the dead? Yeah. Right, right. Why? Jesus raised the dead. I'd sure want to get close to him, not reject him. Right. But see, we'll make that same choice. We have that same choice whether we reject or we receive. Jesus has done miracles. Jesus has saved lives. Jesus saved you. <coughs> but see, immediately, 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 they leave there. Verse number 46, and they begin to criticize what just took place. See, in verse number 46, but some of them, but some of them, See, in verse number 45, the many of the Jews, then verse number 46, but some of them, some of them left there. Some of them left there. Now, I don't know if it was some of the many that believed. I don't know. Or whether it was just some of those that saw or some of them that were spectators. Ultimately, it was people who saw Jesus stand at Lazarus' tomb. They left there and they went running to the Pharisees to tell the Pharisees that Jesus had done it again. He done raised somebody from the dead. Here to come walking out of the tomb. I, you know, man, well, let's let's just kill that guy because we don't want him doing any miracles. That's what's wrong with the crowd today, is they don't like what Jesus does. They don't like who he is and how he saves and how what he can do with your life and clean it up and be right and do right. They don't want to see that, but Jesus can and he will if you just let him do that to your life. Jesus took me where I was and saved me where I was. And hallelujah, I'm glad he did and made me what I am today. I'm still a work in progress. I'm not done. Jesus is down there again, raising the dead. 
Would somebody please stop him? We sure don't want him doing that. He gets too many people, they'll start believing in him. And if we don't stand against him, they'll all believe. And then, if they all believe, the Roman government's going to come and take us off. They were afraid that, that, that if they believed in Jesus, that they would be overtaken. And they were worried about their country. And they were worried about what was going to take place. Yeah. Instead of trusting in the Savior who could save their nation and who could save Israel. Too many times we worry about the big stuff and worry about what's going on over here and worry about what's going on in Washington, D.C. and what's going on in California and what's going on down the street. Listen, the only place we need to worry about, the place that we need to cry about, the place that we need to pray about is what's going on right here in our house. What's going on right here in our backyard. That pray that, that God would bring us closer to Him and He would heal our nation. We know the scripture in the Old Testament. If we pray and humble ourselves, God will heal our nation. We want to complain and gripe at what's going on. We just need to hit our knees and pray for our holy and righteous God who can do the saving, who can bring us back to God. They were worried about their nation. You know what, to be honest with you, I'm worried about our nation. I'm worried about the direction that we're headed. But I can't do anything about it myself. I've got to pray, seek God's face. God's the one that can handle it all. Yes, that's right. Amen. I can gripe and complain with the best of them, but it don't change a thing. It just makes me more mad and more upset.
They were selfish. It was a selfish decision to reject him. They're worried about politics rather than Jesus. Politics ain't going to save America. You know that? It doesn't matter who's in the White House or who you vote for. It's Jesus who's going to save this country. Come on. Yes. It's not politics. That's the quickest way to divide a room. Just start bringing up some politics. Don't make somebody mad. Just start talking politics. We need to be worried about Jesus and worry that He's the one that can fix all of our issues, not politics. Verse number 49, verse number 50, there was a man named Caiaphas. Now, I, I would almost tend to believe that maybe he was a believer in the Lord because you'll see that he makes a prophecy in verse number 49. One of them named Caiaphas, being the high priest the same year, said unto them, You know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expedient for us that one man should die. Verse number 51, And this spake he not of himself, but being uh, being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. He had prophesied, Caiaphas prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation. Did Jesus die for the nation? Yes, he did. But not only did he not just die for the nation, but you'll look in verse number 52, but not, not for the nation only, but that also he should gather together in one the children of God that were scattered abroad. Hey, I'm one of those scattered abroad. Amen. I'm one of those that's not a Jew, okay? I'm not part of the nation of Israel, but God died on that cross so that I could have an opportunity Amen. to go to heaven. That whosoever, or whosoever, Amen. that's me. Yeah. That's scattered abroad is me. Amen. Jesus died for the whosoever. Jesus died for the scattered abroad. But they rejected To be honest, I, I don't know why people reject God. I don't understand why they reject Him. Why they reject the things of God. Why they reject Jesus. In verse number 53, And from that day forward they took counsel together for to put Him to death. They sought after Jesus. They went seeking after Him, but not for the right thing. They didn't seek to get closer to Jesus because they wanted closer to Jesus. They sought Jesus because they wanted to kill him. From that day forward, they went after Jesus. But you'll notice in the next in the next couple of verses, Jesus takes and he's wise and he goes to another country. Verse number fifty-four. Jesus therefore walked no more openly among the Jews. He he did not walk among the Jews because he knew that they were seeking to kill him. He didn't walk openly anymore. He went, he went north. I believe, I believe it was like 15 miles from Jerusalem in the wilderness, in the middle of nowhere, and him and his disciples went up there. He wasn't hiding, but he was being safe. Jesus left. And what is, I, I feel like there's only so much time. stand at the door. Right. And the day will come when he stops knocking. And the day will come when he leaves. Listen, they rejected Jesus. They rejected him so much that Jesus had to leave Jerusalem. How many more miracles could he have done? Yeah. 
come? How many more lame men could he have made walk? How many more blind people could he have made see? But they rejected him and he left. He left because they rejected him. How many works do I cause Jesus not to do because I won't believe? How many miracles will I get in his way because I stop believing in the Lord and stop believing that he can and stop believing that he will? They stopped the miracles of Jesus in Jerusalem because they rejected him. He left. He left. What miracle are you holding back? Because what miracle am I holding back because I won't believe? He left them. He left. Then verse number 55 through 57 tells us that there was a Passover time. So they really set out watch to look for Jesus. And there was a bounty set to look for Jesus. There was a commandment given that they should look for Jesus. Go find him. Go find him. Now, they rejected him. That's one choice. And you can choose today to reject him. You can choose today to leave here and reject the things of God. Yeah. And not let him work. Stay in his way. Or number two, and the last thing, I'm, I'm going to be done. You can either reject or you can rely on. What do you mean rely on? Put your faith in. Believe. Look in verse 45. Then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things. Where did they see? Where did G everywhere Jesus went, what happened? People followed him. Right. Everywhere Jesus went, people watched him. Everywhere Jesus went, there was always a crowd. I can I, I don't know, I just I played out my mind. Jesus was on his way to Martha and Mary's house. And here come Martha. Why were you late? Why would you? Maybe there was a couple people watching because they knew that she was coming to see Jesus. I told you. I'm coming. I've come to give my to show my glory. Makes a little bit further makes the house. The Bible says the house was filled with people. He went in and talked to Mary. Mary said, Show me the show me the grave of Jesus. There they went out to the grave. Many people came to the grave. I don't know how many people came. I don't know how many people were there. Maybe a hundred. Maybe five. Maybe three hundred. I don't know. But there were many. And as we talked about at the beginning of this message, we talked about those that sat in the back and watched this take place. They saw it. <coughs> they saw Jesus pull the stone away. They saw Jesus make Lazarus raise from the dead. And when they saw the things of God, they did verse 55. When Jesus seen the things which Jesus did, believed on him. What they did, they saw it and they believed. You know what this world needs to see? God. Amen. But you know, 
God's not going to, I was teaching the kids in Sunday school about the Apostle Paul, how God shined a bright light, came down and knocked him off his horse. And I talked to them about that God doesn't do that necessarily anymore today, knock people off their horses and shine bright lights in their faces and talk to them physically. <coughs> how can the world see God? How can they see the miracles how can they go to the grave of Lazarus and watch him rise from the dead? How can they see the dead man walking? How can they see the grave clothes dropping? How can they see Lucian and letting go? There is but one way for them to see that. And that's God working in your life and God working in my life and then seeing what God has done for you. Then seeing what God how he's blessed me. How he's taken care of me. How he's taken the, the, the poor beggar. How he's taken the, 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 the lame and made him walk. How he's taken the blind and made him to see. How he took the dead man and made him walk. That's how the world can see Jesus. Yes, that's right. You say, well, I'm not a dead man. I was. Uh, yeah, right. And I'm alive today. Right here. Because of what he did for me. Yes. This world can see Jesus in you. Yes. What if? What if? What if? The only Bible this world will ever read is your life. Right. They may never pick this Bible up. They may never pick it up and read Genesis 1 1 and understand that God created the world. They may never read, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. They may never read that verse, but they will see your life. They will see how you live. They will see what you do. And they ought to see Jesus. Does the world see Jesus in you? Help us, Lord. Does he see me? Does the world see Jesus in truth? In my actions? In my face? In my lifestyle? Does the world see Jesus in me? They can see him in me. Or they can see God in his creation. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if you've ever had an opportunity see some beautiful scenery in this world. Yes. Go out in the middle of the ocean and you'll realize how fast God is. And he holds it all right. That's right. So I ask you, have you relied on him? Have you believed on him? If you have, does the world see Jesus in you? Now look at your life. Man, there's evidence. There's a God. Look at that guy. Look at that lady. See in us Christ. Do they see it in our church? Can you see Jesus in our church? Do you see Jesus in our actions? Do they see Jesus in our life? You know, that's why it's important to make sure you have one that hasn't been taken with. Amen. That's why it's important not to have one that's been taken, words been taken out of. Right. 
one that one that hasn't been marked out with and got a pencil out and started changing the words. That's why it's important that we make sure that we have an unfiltered word of God. Amen. A word of God that hasn't been changed. A word of God that hasn't been changed from thousands of years on. We have this Bible. Here. Amen. That's right. Amen. Does the world see Jesus? Have they seen it? Because when they saw simple questions this morning. You say, Brother Trent, I'm sitting here this morning and I know